Say, we're good. It's all good. Amen. Okay. How's everyone doing this morning? Blessed? Not like the rest? Are you guys turkeyed out? Well, it is important for us to know our foundation as Christians, our history. Uh, I know that we've been talking about voices. And uh, remember that all of you are voice activated. God created, created you and I so that we can be voice activated. Not only Alexa, not only uh, your phone, but write this down. The voices that I hear, that I pay attention to, that I spend time listening to, have the power to program me, to program the way I think. I'm going to give you another line. I always give you lines here, so don't write this line again. I told you last week, but I know you didn't write it down, so go ahead. <laughs> and do it personally in your notes, okay? I don't do what I want to do. I only do what I'm programmed to do. And that should be a truth that will set you free because you're not going to do what you want to do all the time. Have you done something stupid that you didn't want to do? Don't raise your hand. Just look at the cross back here. Why did you do that? Were you crazy? Oh, I don't know, Pastor. I think I was crazy. No. Tell your neighbor, you're not crazy. You just need, you just program crazy. <laughs> you are programmed to act crazy when you're not crazy. So we only do what we are programmed to do, right? That's important for you to know because the enemy will tell you you're crazy, you're depressed, you're no good. No, 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 you're not depressed and you're not no good. You are programmed for depression and you are programmed to act crazy. Right? Because we don't, we don't do what we want to do. Unless you always do what you want to do, right? Raise your hand if you always do what you want to do. Okay, so we have a crazy woman back there. She doesn't even know she's programmed. If what you do, write it down. If what, if what, if what I do is not in line with the word, then I'm programmed wrong. It's just to help that young lady back here. If what I do is not in line with the word, then I have been programmed wrong. Right? So if what we're doing is not in line with God's word, then what do we need to do? Stop doing that. Stop. You can tell, you can tell a Mac, stop being a Mac. Stop being a Mac. Stop being a Mac. I need a, a, a Surface. What's the, the, the cheap one, the, the Microsoft one? Surface? The tablet. Hey, how come you're not a Surface? How come you're not a Surface? How come you're not a Windows tablet? Because it was programmed to be a Mac tablet, right? So 
when we do things that are not in line with the word, this is important for you to know. It's not that you're evil. Say, I'm not evil. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's not that you're evil. It's that you're programmed wrong. And remember, we only do what we're programmed to do. We don't do what we want to do. Paul said it. And if you want to, if you're on homework, put Romans chapter 7 under, underneath those uh, highlights I give you, those bullet items. Just put Romans chapter 7. And when you get home, if you don't believe me, read that chapter. And you're going to see Paul saying, oh, I want to do what, what is right, but I end up doing what I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, he was going through deep program station. So every believer, the first thing you need to do after you accept Jesus, you need to reprogram your way of thinking quickly. Because if not, you are going to do what you're programmed to do. So if you're programmed to doubt, guess what you're going to do? You're going to doubt. If you're programmed to question everything and, I don't know, tell me why. You can't be living your life like that in the Christian life. You have to program to faith. See, you were programmed to see it and believe it, right? But now you need to program yourself to believe it and then see it. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, because you don't believe anything. How do you say that I don't believe? Because you don't see it, right? You see it? No. Okay. Then you need to see it to see it in here, to see it out here. Okay, that's not the topic of today. I'm just reviewing for those of you that were late to the party. Today, we're going to talk about, uh, put it on me, huh? Today, we're talking, this is the most powerful topic that I, the Lord has revealed to me. This is actually in our Faith Academy classes. If you guys need, See all those little lines I give you? You need to go to Faith Academy and sign up and go through the courses because I'll explain it. Imagine me talking about this for four weeks in Faith Academy. And you're, you're going to hear it today. You're going to say, uh, what? The stock market in New York? What is this? <laughs> no, this is not the stock market in New York. The great exchange. Every believer must know, must be fully familiar with this topic, the great exchange. If you're not familiar with this topic, watch me. Your Christian life will be a roller coaster. Up, down, up, down. And I'm not prophesying to you. How does he know? No, just telling if, if we, If we... When I didn't know this topic back, you know, 20 years ago, I was like, they'll take me to a mountain without eating for four days, trying to get closer to God. And they'll come back down the mountain and, oh, my God, nothing happened. What happened? And then you go to the mountain again and you cry up in the mountain and you don't eat for three days and you cry and you're like, okay. And then you come down right? and you're like, you go home and you're still broke, busted, and you can't be trusted, right? So you're like, what's going on? I just went from the mountain like Moses. You know, what's going on? If you are not familiar and you don't have this topic fully explained to you, you're not, your life is not going to, you're never going to walk by faith. And we are commanded to walk by faith. The righteous, the righteous man should live by faith. Now, go to uh, Romans 10, 14, I believe. 
I know I didn't give it to you back there, but you know. You know, you know I'm not the boss here. The Holy Ghost is. Romans 10, 14. Why is this topic important? And why must you and I be fully familiar with it? Is it 13 or 14? Let me see. What is it? The upper 13. 13. Let's start. 13. 13. For whoever, underline that word, that, but that, that's, your, that's your name in the kingdom. That means you. Is that Nancy? Because if it would say, if, for Na if Nancy calls into the name of the Lord, you say, well, I'm Josephine or Mary. I'm not, that's not for me. No, you're whosoever. Whoever. In Genesis, whosoever. Whoever means anybody. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Who shall be saved? Anybody, whoever. Everybody and their mama, how they say, ever, whoever, everybody, anybody that does what? Calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. So you cannot be saved unless you call on the name of the Lord. You say, Jesus, help me. <laughs> now, 14. How then shall they call? Without a cell phone. That's it. How shall they call without reception? How shall they call without an iPhone 25? What number are we? See, have you noticed how they play with you every year? Ah, oh, the iPhone. I remember it was the three, the four, the five, the six. I stopped playing the games. I go, no, I'm done. Now we're in what? The 20th? I need the 20th because they added another little camera. Every year they're going to add something just so that you can pay $9.99. <laughs> How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? See, watch this. Follow me. In order for you tonight to believe, how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? You cannot believe unless you hear. How shall they believe in him whom they have not what? Heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know some of your friends that say, I don't need to go to church to hear a preacher. Yes, you do. You can't believe without a preacher preaching the word to you. You got it? It's right there. Look. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so many people have said to you and to me, I don't need a preacher. Don't preach to me. Uh, you need to be preached. Tell your neighbor, you need a lot of preaching. You need to be preached day 24-7. Why? Because you're not going to believe if you're not hearing the word of God, right? Go to uh, 17, skip to 17 right there. Chapter 17. So, if you need to hear to believe, then faith comes by hearing. 
And for those of you that don't believe, it says, in hearing the word of God. That word of God phrase needs to be changed to the finished work of Jesus. That's what it means in the Greek. The finished work of Christ. The word of it doesn't mean that because you can read the Psalms and you can read uh, Job's life and how. The, what we're saying right here, faith would only come by hearing the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Because faith comes by hearing what Christ did for you on the cross. If you hear, if the preacher is not preaching to you the finished work of Jesus, your faith will not come. In other words, the faith of God cannot invade your spirit. If they tell you you're no good, you're going to hell, and you're like, yeah, 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 I'll see you in hell. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what Christ did on the cross for you and I. That's uh, the, the, the word of Christ, it says, the anointed message of Jesus Christ, which is his finished work at the cross. Mm -hmm. So you can go to church and hear testimonies and hear good stories and, oh, look how this guy got, and we have testimonies here. You guys should come to the other service. We have people here that get healed of cancer and they're coming out. See the lady that, that is every week, she's, she's going to be running up here pretty soon. They will her in the first week. It was like a skeleton. Last week she had makeup on and she was eating chips. So I was preaching. I was like, I was gonna go and stick my hand in there. It was already one o'clock. But she's like coming alive. Why? She's hearing and hearing what? But see, we need to change that because oh, I listen to the word of the time. I, I'm going through Genesis right now when the flood came over. You know, that's not gonna give you faith. What? Okay. God send the flood. Is that going to give you faith? You'd be like, okay, what happened? Uh, they're all drowned. Oh, okay. How is that going to give you faith? Or you go to Deuteronomy. Do not eat shellfish, shrimp, and las islitas. I mean, how is that going to give you faith? Uh, thou should not kill your neighbor's oxen and when you go down oh how does that going to give you faith that's just that's not faith that's information how god created the world and yeah faith comes by hearing and this is what needs to be clear up the translators blew it right here they should have put the finished work of jesus christ that's the message that brings faith to whosoever to everyone for God so loved the world, that's the message. For God so loved the world that he told you not to eat shellfish. That's not the message. For God so loved the world that he gave his, the finished work of Jesus at the cross. That's what it says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing what he did on the cross for you and I. So if the preacher is not preaching you, the finished work of Jesus, and he's teaching you, okay, Moses married a black woman, and they got mad at him. Mary and Aaron were so mad that Moses married 
the sycamore, the, 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 the black lady, that you know what? And then the Lord got mad at them. And how is that going to give you faith to marry? Moses going to marry a Chinese woman. What does that have to do with me? That was his choice, right? That's information. That's just God telling us. It, watch this. Everything you see in the Bible from Genesis to the cross, everything you see in the Bible, you need to go to Faith Academy. I'm not going to tell you. You go. Giving you too much information here. Go. What's the website, Miha? WorldShakersFaithAcademy.com. Go there and pick before and after the cross. My identity in Christ. Go ahead. I know you're worth $10, right? Say I'm worth $10, Pastor. Ooh, sorry. Okay. Everything you see in the Bible was working. God was God needed a physical body for Jesus to be born. That's what you see in the in Jesus' lineage. You see a prostitute, Rahab. You see a, a murderer. You see this. God says, I don't care if you're a prostitute, if you marry a white lady or a black lady or Mexican or a Chinese. I don't care. I just want to get to Mary and Joseph because once I get to Mary and Joseph, I can bring my son into the world, and now the new covenant could start. See that? That's it. Faith Academy. Go. Take the test. There's a test right there. If you don't know that, then you start reading back here, Pastor. Somebody called me the other day from another country. They call my wife and I mean they don't dare calling me. <laughs> who who uh Cain killed Abel and then he ran? Who was his wife? I go, I tell my wife, tell him to worry about his wife and stop worrying about. Cain or Abel's wife. You want to know who Abel's wife was, and you don't even know where your wife is. Why don't you worry about your wife and don't worry about Moses' wife? I'm clearing this up because if I get to my teaching, your religious background will conflict and your faith will be contaminated. Yes, the Bible is the word of God, yes, but that's not what it says right here. It's saying, Hearing the finished work of Jesus, what he did for us, that's what gives you faith. On the cross, at Calvary, that, that, once you start hearing that, then faith comes along. Watch this. You know, Moses married a Chinese lady. Pastor, you're wrong. It was a, a, a suit of my, it was a dark skin lady. Okay, it was dark skin. No, it, and then we debate about was she, you know, African-American or Haitian-American. And then you can spend your life thinking how big was the window on Noah's Ark where the pigeon flew out? What was the dimensions of the window? Was it a, a shutters or, or what was it? And people get so religiously, and the devil gets you into those, the devil gets in the details like that, and they think they know all this, you know, the streets where Jesus walked, they were two meters wide because the Roman soldiers had to carry the chariots, and you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's not giving you faith, I got news for you. That's why everybody's at home shaking in their boots right now, because they know how big the, the street was in the Via Dolorosa, but they don't know the power of the blood that was Staining the Via Dolorosa. Don't get me going. I'm getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting off topic here. But here we go. 
go to Faith Academy. I teach everything clearly. And I use very, very direct words. So here it goes. Unless you are hearing the finished work of Christ, you have no faith. And trust me, there's a lot of people nowadays that their faith is not activated. They're, they're, not, they're not walking by faith. They're walking in fear. Why? They're Christians. They know the word. They can recite Psalms. They can even recite Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I should not be in one. Psalms 27. The Lord is the strength of my life, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? We write the corona. You see, they know the word, but they don't have faith. Because the, what gives us faith is when you hear the finished work of Jesus. What did he do for you? What did he do for you? You want to know? You want me to preach you the, the finished work of Christ? Or tell you how big the door and the ark was? Was it a, a, a French door or was it a... You'd be surprised how people, how the devil tricks pastors into getting old, and they get all these notes, and people are like, oh, I didn't know there was a French door in the ark. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the devil is destroying your life, and you have your faith is not working. Why? Because the preacher needs to preach to you the finished work of Christ. In today's topic, it's the most important topic you need to learn. Every Christian needs to know this topic. Put the topic up there, please. The great exchange. You know what that means? That means, let me get into it because I don't want to put me in a little plane bank there. The great exchange <laughs> means that you're going to exchange something. Like if I have a phone, right? You have a phone. Can I have you? Okay. I can exchange this with you. Who wants a phone? If I have a phone and you say, Ron, let's exchange phones. I give you my phone and you give me your phone. Right? That's an exchange. Why is that? I don't know which, yours, which one is yours, but I, th I, th I think they're both yours because you pay for both, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> They're both mine. I pay for both of them. <laughs> I'm sorry, Leila. So here we go. What's the great exchange? I didn't know this, and now I'm telling you. At the cross, Jesus exchanged with you and I everything he had. He took everything that was wrong with you, and he gave us everything that was right with him. You got that? Jesus did not go to the cross just to get beaten and died and, oh, poor thing. No, that was the only way that the exchange was to take place. So when you were lost and I was lost, we were all lost, Jesus said, okay, you deserve to be there. You deserve to be there. But Jesus said, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do it for you. You see? See, but we only tell the sinners, hey, Jesus died on the cross for you. We need to tell the Christians, look at me. Jesus died on the cross for you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be. Why? Why? Because Jesus, here it comes, 
the exchange. Jesus took your fear and he gave you his faith. Jesus took your sin and he gave you his righteousness. But if you don't know that and you know that Moses married a black woman or Chinese woman, that's not going to change your status when it comes to your righteousness with God, right? Okay, here we go. Now, I want to, I want to clear, that was just the, you know, just to let you know what that was, the, that was the trailer, you know. Now let's get to the movie. Write down the curse, the curse, the curse. You have the curse up there, Miha, did you, the, what is the curse? What is the curse, you might ask? You need to know what the curse is. The curse is everything that is wrong with you. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you need the blessing. <laughs> I don't know why you guys laugh. How come you guys laugh when I say that? What do you tell me? You, you're, 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 why do they laugh? I just, okay, tell them, to look, you need, it's like, what are you guys, look up there. That's the curse. What is the curse? Death, sickness, and poverty. Those three areas in your life are the result of the curse. Death, sickness, and what? Brokenness, poverty. That's the curse. That's what every human being is born under after Adam. Go to Faith Academy. I explained that before and after the cross. After Adam activated the curse, he died. God told him, the day you touch that tree, you're going to die. So the curse is death, both spiritual and physical death. Two types of death, spiritual and physical death. So Adam died spiritually on the spot. He died physically 900 years later, but spiritually on the spot. See, I'm thinking I'm in Faith Academy. I'm trying to teach you now. Okay, let me teach you for him. I'm going to be nice. Uh, spiritual death, it's simply separation from God. That's spiritual death. So when Adam disobeyed God, he was immediately separated from God. So when what spiritual death is not going to hell and burning in hell because you're going to live forever in hell or in heaven. But death, spiritual death, is separation from God. Separating from the source like a flower. If you pluck a flower out of the ground, that flower is dead. Why? Because it's separated from its source of life. So the flower, you pull it out, but you look at it and you give it to your girlfriend or your wife and you say, hey, baby, death. <laughs> I don't know why you guys think that's funny. I, maybe I should have a service on the funny service on Sunday night. So why is that flower death if it's so beautiful and it looks beautiful? Why is it dead? Because it's it separated from 
its life source, the ground, the earth, right? So it's going to die in a few days. It's going to take a few days to die. See, and this is what you need to understand. When you walk away from God, you don't die instantly. Mm. That's a good one, huh? See, you, you say, I'm not going to church for a week. Yeah, you can stop coming to church for a week. You're not going to die like, I'm not going to church. Oh. <laughs> no. Once you separate from God, I don't know if I should say it. I'm not going to say it because we need two hours to explain it. I'm not going to say it, but you could lose your salvation. Oh, I said it. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you, you, lo- you lose your salvation? When you separate from life, from God. Adam did not go to a bar to lose his salvation. Adam was not unfaithful to lose his salvation. Adam did not kill anybody to lose his salvation. Adam did not envy anybody to lose his salvation. He just separated from his source of life, which is God. So when you separate from God, you don't die immediately and you're like, oh, look what happened. No. It's, that's why you constantly and continually You have to remain. Jesus said, if you abide in me, go to John 15. I told you I didn't want to go there, but I do what the Holy Ghost tells me to do. I don't care. We got two hours, right? All right. I'm going to use every minute of the two hours that they give me. Go to John 15, please, Miha. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry. Say, Pastor, don't be sorry. And pastors will make the mistake of saying, no, no, let's go back to my notes. I don't need to go back to my notes. I need to follow the Holy Ghost. John 15, is it 15, 5? Yeah. See, because all this debate, do I lose my salvation? If you're asking me, you already did. (laughs) See, because salvation is not one-time thing that you come to the altar and you say, I'm sorry, Jesus, and I got it. No, salvation is you. Watch, watch, I don't want to blow for you, but Jesus makes it plain. Watch this. John um, 15, I said. Go to 15.1. Let's go to Genesis 1.1. No, I'm just kidding. 15.1 all the way down to... Uh, to five, right? Okay, let's start reading. Go ahead. I need to explain what I said because especially people watching online and some of your friends say, ah, you know, people don't want to know the truth. Trust me. They want to have a good time. That's why they're they're home right now because there's no good time right now at church. There's too much fear. Uh -uh. Watch this. Can you lose your salvation? You guys want to know? Okay. How did you obtain your salvation? By coming to church? You can lose your salvation in church. Did you know that Adam got lost in the garden? That's another one. You guys need to sign up 
uh, worldshakersfaith.com. Uh, what is it? What is it? Put it up there. Put the website up there so people can put it down. See, there's a lot of things that you don't know, and, and, and the devil keeps you wondering, am I safe? I'm not. Am I safe? It's very simple. You're either safe or you're not safe. But how do I stay safe? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I think I'll go to Faith Academy. You should. <laughs> go. Here we go. I am the true vine, Jesus. Remember, what spiritual death? Separate. You're not dying spiritual. You're going to live forever somewhere else, right? It's going to be a little warm, but it's okay. So here it goes. Separating yourself from the life source, whether it be a flower, a fish. What happens if you take a fish out of the water? It doesn't just stinks right away, right? Starts going. <laughs> what is it doing? It's dying. And that's what some, some Christians are out there like, hey, putty over here, putty over here. Putty over here. Yeah, look, look at they're out of the water. <laughs> hey, what's going on? They don't die right away. This is powerful. And the devil has tricked you into, into thinking, oh, yeah, you can walk away and do whatever. You, once saved, always saved. No. Sorry. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Keep going. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. Next one. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Keep going. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So he's talking about branches being connected to the vine, to the trunk, right? Let's use the word. A tree has branches and it has a trunk. If that branch is cut off from the tree... What's going to happen to that branch? It's going to die immediately? No. But that branch, I guarantee you, is dead. Right? That branch is getting its life from the trunk, from the root, right? From the tree. Let me ask you a question. What's keeping you safe? It can't be your tithing records. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> What's keeping you safe? What's keeping you from withering? Huh? Your relationship, your connection to the vine, right? Now watch. The vine... The branches have to be cut off. You and I are not totally like a branch. Why? Because we have free will. And since we have free will, we can choose to cut ourselves off. That's why he starts verse 4 with a... Um, 
suggestion. It's not a commandment. Abide in me. In other words, please stay connected to me because you have the choice to disconnect yourself. That's what Adam did. So all this debate of, uh, am I saved? I'm always, you should know if you're connected to him. And I'm not talking about how many times you come to church, how much you read the Bible. You can come to church every Sunday. You can read the Bible every Sunday and you are not connected to him. Let me ask you a question so that your face can change a little bit because you guys, you're frowning on me. It looked like the turkey of two days ago. Here we go. Watch this. Don't get all crazy like, I'm lost, I'm in. Let me put it to you very simple. Let's say all of you lost your salvation yesterday. Let's just say, how do you get it back? Can reconnect to the vine. How? It's very simple. Say the church name. By what? Ah! <laughs> Pastor, this is just complicated. <laughs> this thing is so complicated. <laughs> How did you connect it the first time? By faith. See, but they preach to you not the finished work of Christ. They preach to you a gospel of modifying your lifestyle. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I think the heater is too hot. Is it? Is the heater on? Turn that thing off, please. I know you're sitting down. I have to move around here. Get some blankets for everybody. See, they preach to you life modification. Tell your neighbor, I know people that don't go to church, they're nicer than you. Tell them. I know people that don't go, they don't know Jesus. I know people that don't know Jesus, they're friendlier than you. Especially the waitress at the bar, remember? They're super friendly, they want your money. Imagine a waitress treats you like your wife, here's the beans, here's this. You walk in like, what? Hi, welcome to the, I don't know, Coyotes Bar or whatever it is. You walk in, sit down over there. And here she comes. What do you want? Budweiser? Here, boom, take it. She spills it on you. Next, what do you want? You're like, wow, she's going to get a huge tip from me. That's when you say, let me give you a tip. Quit this job immediately. So I know people, see, because they base salvation on lifestyle. Write this down. Salvation is not a lifestyle. Salvation is faith in Jesus Christ. This is just so simple. I feel, I feel like, like I'm talking to kids, you know, like this is Christian. Let's rename the title, please. Christianity 101. Or the ABCs of faith. You see what's going on? That's why they're not in church right now. That's why everybody's at home afraid. Because they were never taught the finished work of Christ. 
If you believe that Jesus is so powerful, like you say, like you say he is, and like what you like they used to think it was, you know, what happened? See, salvation is not a one right this now. Salvation is not one a one act deal. Salvation is living by faith every day. Got it? It's staying connected. Abiding in him. How do I abide in him? By faith. How do you stay connected to God that you don't see? By faith. How do you stay connected to your right? By faith. How? How? By faith. But once you get into the do's and the don'ts, you're done. You're done. Your salvation is lost. You're not a bad person. You're not a bad person. Well, some of you, you're not a bad person. But it's just that. You're not connected to the vine. How do you connect to the vine? I hope you're not sending a bill. I hope you don't think that because you tithe. Or be I told you guys, tithing, it just shows you you trust God. God already knows you don't trust him. <laughs> Did you know that? Honestly, do you think God knows you don't everything about you? Yes. So everything he's asking you to do is so that you know. It's for you to know. The reason we worship God, the reason we come to church, the reason we do this is to reassure us, man, I'm in the vine. Right? But when you say, church again? I don't want to go. You want to go to hell? Oh, hell no. Let's go to church. <laughs> I'd say hell no. Was that? See, that person, that person is already cut off. It's going to wither in 30 years, and when she dies or he dies, it's going to burn in hell. Why? Because they never connected to the vine. Get it? Say, can you run that back to me one more time, Pastor? Simple. Your faith is not an activity. Faith is not a physical activity. Faith is a spiritual activity. Thing. It comes from your spirit. With the heart, one believes. Go back to Romans 10, 9, please. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, it feels like I'm at the park. I'm preaching the gospel, imagine. <laughs> Romans 10, 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you know that part Jesus is Lord? That Jesus defeated sin, death, sickness, the devil on the cross. If you confess that, if you believe that, that he finished the work at the cross, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He doesn't say that if you stop dancing, if you start doing your hair crazy, if you start doing this. He doesn't say that, right? Because I know a lot of people that don't do their hair crazy and they don't dance and they don't drink and they don't, they're not saved. A lot of people that don't know how to dance. I'm looking at a lot of you guys, right? Seeing you guys at the weddings. Oh, look at me. Sit down, son. You don't know how to dance. You're embarrassing the BGs. <laughs> Why am I saying this? Because if you were preach a lifestyle a modification of life, you're not saved. That's why 
I, I, I don't care what people say anymore. <laughs> Never did. Anyway, you're not safe. You're not a bad person. You're not safe. You could be, I mean, you can be the nicest person in the block. Helping people doing this, that's fine. You're not saved. Why? Unless you believe in that Jesus defeated death, sickness, sin, poverty in, on the cross, then you're not saved. Well, there's many ways to heaven. You're not saved. Might as well wait for Santa Claus to take you to heaven with this reindeer, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Watch, I'm, I'm, I'm walking you through something here because I'm running out of time. Next verse. How do I connect to the vine? How do I know I didn't lose my salvation? I don't know, you tell me. For with what? For with the heart, one believes. Your faith is an issue. It's a heart issue. It's an issue of the heart. Your faith, it's a heart issue. God sees the heart. People look at the hour. We preach it all the time. Samuel goes to uh, uh, Jesse's house. I need a king. Here comes this beautiful guy. He says, oh, no, no, that's not it. Next. And then, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then God tells Samuel, look at me. I look at the heart. You guys look at the hour. Oh, okay. God looks at the heart. Yes. So are you saved? Let me start over here. Are you saved? 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 What makes you saved? Uh, well, you better believe. <laughs> you need faith on the finished work of Christ. Unless you believe what he did for you, you're not saved. Or if you, they scare you one time and they preach to you about hell and you came to the front and you, they told you you were the worst husband, the worst people, and you were like, yeah, that's me, pastor. And you come up, you're not saved. You just identify yourself as the biggest loser, but you're not saved. That's why people are living this farce. Is that the right word? They think that by coming to church or not coming to church or not, and don't get me wrong, you do all that. You know, you know what proves to you that you're saved? When you come to church. Safe people come to church. Especially in, this, in the days like these. Why are you not going to church? Are you crazy? No, no, you're crazy, but go ahead. What are you coming? You have to be responsible for what? Aren't you saved? well the bible says that wisdom shut your mouth you don't know the bible fear is a big indicator if you save or not faith is in your heart I got news for you I don't know your heart but there's only one way to know your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. If you say, do you believe what Christ did for you? Well, you know, uh, uh, pray for me, pray for me. 
cut this praying for me stuff. In Facebook, there's this prayer, pray for me, I'm losing my faith. Somebody said the other in Facebook, pray for me, I'm losing my faith. I'm questioning my faith. Why is that my problem? (laughs) It's like, pray for me, I put two two pounds on over this holidays. And? Talk to Jeanette, she'll handle it. What is it? And people go crazy. Oh, you know, pray. Listen to me. If you don't believe, you're not saved. If you don't believe, you're not connected. And it's okay. We still can go play golf. We still can be friends. We still can. It's okay. That's not going to change that. But. You are a flower that has been plucked out, and it's just a matter of time for the real deal to show. All of a sudden, here comes the doctor. Here comes the little crown. You know, in Spanish, it's corona, the little corona. He shows up, and all the flowers went, Whoa! What happened? Oh, they were not connected. And it's okay. It's time to reconnect, right? People act like once you accept Jesus, like you're done, like, okay, I got it, I got this. No, you don't have this. You continue in this. You continue walking by faith. You continue believing. You continue trusting God. You continue falling and getting up. You continue. It's not like, yeah, I accepted Jesus when I was in, when I was in Sunday school. How come you guys don't have Sunday school? For the same reason. I accepted Jesus when I was 11 years old. What, what's going on? Nothing. You're just a plucked flower. In three days, you're gonna wither. And it's okay. We're gonna put you in the in the in the flower vase. We're gonna enjoy your laughter and your see because people think that once you become a Christian, you're like you become you go from a flower to a cactus. You know, <laughs> has nothing to do with your with your life. You could be the coolest person and go to hell. You think all the comedians are safe? And they make me laugh like crazy. They're funny. So why am I saying this? Because if you don't know what Christ did for you, you're wasting your time. Well, I'm not going to waste my time because how would you know unless I preach to you? I'm telling you, you have to be connected to him by faith. But faith is not going to come to you if you're not hearing a preacher preach about the finished work of Christ. I'm going to show you three things that he did for you. Those three areas. Put it back up there, Miha. Salvation. Let's go through it real quick now that I got your attention. No, the other one, baby, the... uh, uh, the, the curse, the curse. That's the pizza. For all of you guys who know, that's the pizza at Faith Church. I don't want to, uh, uh, that one, that one. Okay, now let's go through this. Death, sickness, and poverty. Did you know that Jesus took care of all those three? Right? Okay, let's go through them. Let's go through the first one. Go to uh, 
2 Corinthians 5, 21. Quickly. You got two minutes to explain three simple topics that you guys already know. <laughs> you tell people this, come on, man, I've been in church for 20 years. You should be ashamed of yourself. No wonder you're withered up. <laughs> you need to reconnect. Now, here is the finished work of Jesus. The, the finished work of Jesus entails restoring. Go back to, I'm sorry, go to Galatians 3.13. I'm sorry. Galatians 3.13. The curse keeps us away from God, which is sin, death, all that, right? Well, watch what Christ did. Here it goes. Christ has redeemed us from what? From the curse of the law. How did he do that? How was that accomplished? How? Did he go and say, declare you free from the curse? No. He declared you free from the curse? Did he say, hey, you're free. Don't worry about it because you modify your lifestyle. So now you're free from the curse. No. Oh, you stop dancing? Good thing, because you don't know how to dance. Oh, you stop doing this? Okay, then you're free from the curse. No. How did he accomplish for you and I freedom from the curse? How? By becoming a curse for us. In other words, he did not declare you free from the curse. He had to become the curse. He had to exchange. Now go to 2 Corinthians, uh, back to 2 Corinthians 5.21. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it next, next week when you guys lose your salvation and come back. Yeah, people say, well, I have my salvation secured. Yeah, it's by faith, right? No, no, no. Uh, I don't drink anymore. I don't party anymore. Uh, uh-huh. And all those people that don't drink and don't party, what do they do? They're saved. Ah, oh, they're saved. Here's another exchange. For he talking about God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. So now Jesus became sin. For who? For us. He did not just wash your sins away. He did. How did he do that? And my question is, he washed our sins away. He, yeah, but how? Right? And that explained to us how, and unless you know the process, you're not going to have confidence in the process and the result. He became sin for us. God made him to be sin, to become, so that you and I might become what? The righteousness of God in him. Here it is. Jesus Took your sin, and he gave you his righteousness. You know what righteousness is? 
your right standing with God. You cannot go to God and say, God, look what I've done. I think God says, no. There's only one way you can become righteous is by receiving, by faith, the finished work of Jesus. What's the finished work of Jesus? The finished work of Jesus is he became a curse so that you could be free from the curse. He became sin so that you could be free from sin. Uh-huh. He did that. That's the exchange. If you don't know that, then you're going to try to, how do I get rid of sin? How do I do this? You can't. You have to, by faith, reconnect to him and say, okay, I'm righteous in him. But if you think you're righteous, just doing whatever you want and going, to, no, no, you're not righteous. You're confused. And the last one, poverty. You heard that Jesus became poor, right? We heard that in church all the time. He was born in a manger. That's why he was poor. No. Second Corinthians 8, 9 tells us, that Jesus, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace, remember? What is grace? By grace are you saved, right? The grace. If he redeemed us from the curse, he has to remove all three. He has to remove death. He has to remove sickness. And he has to remove poverty. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, underline the word he was rich, Whoever told you that Jesus was poor is lying to you. They want to keep you poor. He was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. Rich means nothing lacking. Abundance of supply. That's what rich means. Now, here's the deal. Jesus became a curse, and he became poor, he became sick, and he died, right? Question. At what point in his life did he become all that? Let me help you. In the manger? No. When he was healing the sick? No. He became a curse at Calvary. He became poor at Calvary. The great exchange took place at the cross. Jesus was not poor. Why? Because if he was poor... He's under the curse because the curse implies sickness, poverty, and disease. Jesus was not sick when he was walking around amongst the sick. Why? Because he was not the curse. He was the blessing. Now, he became a curse when? The answer is on the screen. At the cross. When did he become poor, my dear? 
cross. So every preacher, and it could be your grandma or your mama, that tells you Jesus was poor, then if Jesus was poor, then Jesus was sick. Then if Jesus was sick, Jesus was under the curse. No, he was never sick and he was never poor and he was never under the curse. He willingly, watch this, became the curse. He willingly exchanged your position with my position. Now watch this. He did all that so that you and I willingly, by faith, will connect to him and receive everything he did for us. If you're not doing that, you're not saved. Sorry. Because what he did for you and I only works by faith. Unless you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you know what that word means? The boss. The big honcho. He became the boss and the big honcho. Where? At the cross. When he said, it is finished. And the temple torn, the veil torn, everything happened. Crazy stuff happened. And that's when he became everything and you were set free here it goes but now it is up to you to choose him stand to your feet so the great exchange is jesus becoming Everything that you were and you, here comes, this is the, the secret, you becoming everything he is. So you're righteous, not because you want to be righteous. You're righteous because he exchanged your sin and you became the righteousness of God. You're free from sin, not because you decided one day to say, okay, I don't want to sin anymore. You are free from sin because he became sin for you. In other words, he did it all. The reason why you're going up and down like this is because you want to do it yourself. Instead of saying, okay, I need to receive, I need to connect back to the vine and rest in him and let the life fall, flow through you. That's it. So, so I don't have to no, just connect with him and he will tell you what to do and what not to do. I can't tell you, don't do this, don't do that. Oh, I'm not the Holy Ghost. Say, Pastor, you're not the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is in you when you're saved and the Holy Ghost tells you, okay, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Right? Now, if the Holy Ghost is not telling you anything, you're not connected. If you do whatever you want and you don't feel bad, you're not connected. <laughs> you're dead as a 10-day-old rose. Raise your hands. Let us finish. Say, Father God, thank you for the exchange. 
Thank you for sending your son. I thank you for the finished work of Christ. That he became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God in him. I place my faith in you. I'm not trusting on my ability. I put my trust in you. You are the finished work. You said it is finished. I am forgiven. I was forgiven 2,000 years ago. I receive it today. I walk by faith. I live the rest of my life connected to the vine. Because without you, I have no life. I have no salvation. I have no forgiveness. I have nothing without you. But with you, all things are mine. I am your son. I am your child. You are my father. I am saved because of what you did for me. I receive it. I walk in it for the rest of my life. I live by faith. Amen. If you're saved, tell your neighbor, hey, I accepted Jesus today.